0: The name of my talk tonight is The Language of the Heart, and I didn't think that announcement would fit in very well. (laughs) I didn't prepare tonight's talk because I thought that it would be nearly impossible to prepare a talk called The Language of the Heart. because I think the language of the heart is when we're touching into unknown and unfamiliar territory, places that we haven't tread before, places that we don't know about, that can't be known. And it seems that the difference between that and the intellect is that anything that comes through the intellect is already known. It's already been learned through past experiences, through learning language and so it's already known, it's familiar and therefore I think rather dead. So if we let go of that which is known, let go of the intellect, then we're treading on some <laughs> fairly insecure ground. And I think that this is when people kind of want to hold back, (laughs) don't want to move so quickly here, which is fair enough. I think it is um, a time to go a little bit slower when we just drop into what I call the heart. It's just a word that seems to evoke some feeling We all seem to understand what we mean by intellect. But the heart seems to touch something else that it seems that each person can sense, can intuit in some way, but can't really know. It's like the mind doesn't know what to do with it. It can only evoke some kind of image or feeling. so, we go a little bit slower. I think that even when we talk about speaking from the heart, it's also a time just to speak a little bit slower. If we're speaking to our friends from the heart, we want to choose our words very carefully so that we're not just speaking rather frivolously. so we just go a little bit slower this thing about words there's been some research done that has shown that in communication 98% of the communication is nonverbal only 2% of what gets communicated is the words that 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 we as human beings when we're in communication with people we're really looking at a lot of other things we're paying attention to a lot of other things that aren't don't have to do with the words the whole the whole body language the way the body's carried facial expressions, eye contact, tone, the tone of voice, the pitch, even the way people dress, the kind of clothes they have on. All these things are involved in the communication. They're what we pick up when we're listening to somebody. So the words really aren't so important but it's more of what we carry in our being as we go out. The other day I was asking you to reflect on whether your actions were coming from fear or wisdom. And I think that Another way of talking about the language of the heart is talking about wisdom. Because this, too, I think is something that doesn't necessarily get communicated through words, through language. It's just something that we sense, something that we know is true, but we can't always explain why. It's a a sense of something being right. And I call this our inner wisdom, our inner knowing. And fear and wisdom aren't necessarily opposites. It might have gotten thought of that way when you look at your actions. Is there something coming out of fear or is it coming out of wisdom? Because I see that wisdom can be, they will be there, be present, whether there's fear or not. It doesn't mean the the absence of fear. Fear is a feeling that actually stops action. That the, the body becomes so contracted that we can't actually move on. We can't do what we want to do. But I think wisdom tells us what to do with that fear. Sometimes that might actually be the appropriate response. It might be appropriate not to move forward. That fear might be telling us something quite important. But sometimes the wisdom says, well, the fear is there, but see if you can move forward anyhow. Don't listen to this fear, because it would be quite valuable if you can just move through this. Take a jump. Don't let the fear stop you. So the wisdom can be there with the fear. It's not the absence. And this wisdom is, is there. It's this innate wisdom in all of us. And part of the slowing down and the quieting down is starting, is starting to be able to loosen to the wisdom, to the voices of wisdom because we can get so caught up, habitually caught up into the routine of things and forget that this is actually operating. This voice, this movement, this language is really operating a lot of the time. And I think that when we can actually identify it, say, oh yeah, that's the voice of wisdom, then perhaps we can start noticing it more and listening to it more, actually paying attention to that voice more. I'll just share a incident that happened a few weeks ago when I was visiting a friend in Boston, Massachusetts. So uh, I was with, uh, seeing a man I hadn't seen in quite some time, some months, and he had been with me in India. And he's a friend that I, f- I feel a lot of love for. Not necessarily romantic love. I just feel a lot of love for him. And when I was with him this, this, this day, this love was just welling up in me. And I thought to myself, now why should I keep this to myself? Why, why should I not share this with him and tell him how much love I'm feeling? Because I was sitting there just feeling very, very happy to be with him. And I noticed the fear just came <laughs> welling up, like, "Oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to tell him this?" Because we're not there's not a romantic interest, but it seemed like such an odd thing to just go <laughs> out and tell him, person how much I was loving him. So the fear was just came really strong, and my heart started beating. And I thought, "This is crazy because I'm feeling these feelings. It's a wonderful feeling. I think that." I should share this. <laughs> there is no reason to feel afraid of sharing this expression of love. And I thought that was such an odd thing, you know, how something gets set up that somehow it's so difficult to say to somebody, you know, I love you. And I just, I really enjoy being with you. It's, just, it's wonderful to share this time together so I could tell that the fear was really coming on strong, (laughs) and I said, okay, this is a sign that I've got to do this. (laughs) I thought, I can't let this go by, because there was something coming up that was wanting to stop this flow, that didn't want this expression to happen, but I knew that this was not something to listen to. was not to be listened to. So I said to him, you know, I've got to tell you something, and, and I can tell it's really going to be hard for me. So just please sit there for a minute <laughs> and let me see if I can get this out. <laughs> and you know, he was, you know, really kind of going, oh wow, well, what's going on? And I said, okay. And I had to close my eyes, like hold on to the table. <laughs> get every every cell mobilized and just say, I really love you. And it was was wonderful. It was just wonderful to be able to say that. And of course, you know, he he said, you know, I'm usually the recipient of such bad news. (laughs) is usually the first thing we think, right? Well, God, what are they going to do? <laughs> I must have done something really terrible. <laughs> but it was really a, a wonderful lesson to, just to be able to let that love flow and not let the fear stop it. Not let the fear interfere with that interfere. that becomes the interference for the expression of something wonderful, of something beautiful. So, since I'm sharing this experience and being so personal about this, (laughs) just um, the other day he wrote back, he wrote me a letter back, and said, said to me, of course, thank you for sharing that expression of love, and he said, nothing can ever become of our love. He said, nowhere to go, nothing to do, everything is complete. Just that, just that expression was enough. It was total. It is total. It doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to imply all kinds of underlying messages. Just that. Nothing to do. Nowhere to go. Everything is complete. He said, You have left me with nothing but myself. Which is yourself too. So simple. Nothing more, nothing less. To me, that is really an expression of the heart. You don't have to make anything more out of it. Just so simple and complete. This whole thing about simplicity, we've been that's been a theme for this these days together. Simplicity, ordinariness. We talked about that the first night, you know, just being simple together, not having to be anybody, not to be anybody special. We can drop those roles that we carry with us. And someone said to me today that she was feeling this real simplicity in being here, and that she saw how having lofty ideals about things just gets in the way of being able to experience the simple things, and that she's always wanted to get involved in gardening, but it seemed so mundane, (laughs) But while she was here she could really appreciate just Looking in the soil and with the plants, that the ideals didn't have to be operating here. Just enjoy the simple things. Walking in the sun, in the grass, listening to the birds. Maybe writing a poem, painting a picture, smiling at somebody. Very simple things. I have some poems just to share some of the things that we've been talking about. This is from a Chinese... Chinese monk, perhaps. He says, My daily affairs are quite ordinary, But I'm in total harmony with them. I don't hold on to anything, don't reject anything, nowhere an obstacle or conflict. Who cares about wealth and honor? Even the poorest thing shines. My my miraculous power and spiritual activity? Drawing water and carrying wood. It's really in the simplicity of things. It's also communicated in the simplest of poems. It doesn't have to take very many words to communicate this language that is so difficult to, to touch with the language we're so familiar with. We almost have to to look somewhere else. We listen to the words, but we look somewhere else to get the meaning. This is another one. God, whose love and joy are present everywhere, can't come to visit you unless you aren't there. This is by the same poet, Angelis Silius. Silly, Sili- Sili- Silius, Silius. I can't even say his name. <laughs> God is a pure no thing concealed in now and here. The less you reach for him, the more he will appear. implying that non-doing the less you reach the more you'll get this is the poem that Michael was referring to today by William Blake to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. (sighs) How many of you have seen heaven in the wildflowers since (laughs) you've been here? (laughs) Perhaps this one will have meaning for you by a Japanese monk in the 17th century. The man pulling radishes pointed the way with a radish. (laughs) So So you get a sense of the simplicity. Perhaps you can hear these poems in a different way than you may have heard them a few days ago. <clears throat> I wanted to read something from this um, translation of, translation of the Ashtavakra Astava, Gita. This is a very ancient text that the, um, the translators don't even know where it came from. It must be thousands of years old during the um, time of the Vedanta teachings. And I think that this will speak to you as well. It's called My Own Splendor. It's from ancient India. With the pieces of truth I have plucked from the dark corners of my heart, The thorn of many judgments. I sit in my own splendor, wealth or pleasure, duty or discrimination, duality or non-duality. What are they to me? What is yesterday, tomorrow, or today? What is space or eternity? I sit in my own radiance. What is the self or the not-self? What is thinking or not thinking? What is good or evil? I sit in my own splendor. I sit in my own radiance, and I have no fear. Waking, dreaming, sleeping, what are they to me? Or even ecstasy. What is far or near, outside or inside, gross or subtle? I sit in my own splendor. Dissolving the mind or the highest meditation, the world and all its works, life or death, what are they to me? I sit in my own radiance. Why talk of wisdom, the three ends of life or oneness? Why talk of these? Now I live in my heart. You know, we've done a lot of talking. (laughs) But perhaps like you may have sensed in the group this morning, were we really going anywhere? (laughs) We're just sitting and talking together, drinking chai, eating biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I talk of these things. by the same author called, I am Shiva. Shiva is the male aspect of manifestation. Shakti is the female manifestation, Shiva Shakti. This is, I am Shiva. I am fulfilled. The elements of nature, the body and the senses, what are they to me or the mind? What is emptiness or despair? What are holy books or knowledge of the self or the mind, even when it is free of the senses, or happiness or freedom from desire? I am always one without two. Knowledge or ignorance, freedom or bondage, what are they? What is I or mine or this or the form of the true self? I am always one. What do I care for freedom in life, or in death, or for my present karma? I am always without I. So where is the one who acts or enjoys, and what is the rising or the vanishing of a thought? What is the invisible world or the visible? In my heart I am one. What is this world? Who seeks freedom or wisdom or oneness? Who is bound or free? In my heart, I am one. What is creation or dissolution? What is seeking and the end of seeking? Who is the seeker? What has he found? I am forever pure. What do I care who knows? What is known or how it is known? What do I care for knowledge? What do I care what is or what is not? I am forever still. What are joy or sorrow, distraction or concentration, understanding or delusion? I am always without thought. And this is the heart speaking. I am always without thought. What is happiness or grief? What is here and now or beyond? I am forever pure. What is illusion or the world? What is the little soul or God himself or herself? One without two, I am always the same. I sit in my heart. What need is there for striving or stillness? What is freedom or bondage? What are holy books or teachings? What is the purpose of life? Who is the disciple and who is the master? For I have no bounds. I am Shiva. Nothing is, nothing is not. What more is there to say? What more is there to say? that's why sometimes we just say to ourselves, I'm just going to be quiet, just going to sit in silence. We get fed up with all the words. (laughs) But the silence that we're speaking about here is not a silence that depends on speaking or not speaking. It's the silence which isn't dependent upon anything. It's that silence which knows freedom, so it can either be involved with speaking or not speaking. But something is always still and silent whether there's activity or no no activity, stillness, movement, speech, no no speech. My teacher would say, there's no need to go off to the caves of Himalaya in the Himalayas. You could do the same thing here that you can do there. You can do the same thing in the char shops that you could do in the caves of the Himalayas. I'll end with this poem by Rumi Out beyond ideas there is a field. I will meet you there. When the heart lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. So at some point, I think we just have to put it all down, whatever the it is. <laughs> it's, it's probably different for everybody. May all beings know the true silence of things. May all beings know the heart. May all beings live in peace and harmony. Thank you for listening.